Welcome to episode 342 of the Steel Cage Podcast. My name is Derek Montia, occasionally known as the mayor of Orlando, Florida. And we have ourselves a three-man pod this week to discuss uh, all the goings-ons in wrestling. Joining us first from the Marty Jannetty Memorial Podcast Studio in Phoenix, Arizona, it's the super Jew himself, Jared Rabinovitz. Sometimes Josh grabs me by the jaw and yells at me that I work for him and that we're not really friends. Whoa, holy shit. <laughs> is that what's going on um, before we podcast? Like, that's awkward. This this is an audio podcast. What happens off microphone, you know, stays off microphone. I'm blinking Morse code for help and nobody's coming. This is weird. Yeah, they can't see you. This is why I don't go to the Marty Jannetty Memorial Podcast Studio that often. This kind of confrontations I'm not into. I'm mm. definitely not into. Uh, but also, that voice you heard that's attacking Jared is the founder and proprietor of thesteelcage.com, Mr. Joshua Schlag. That's right. It's me. It's you. Fucking listen up, or else. Damn right. That's the way that shit works. Josh is over there reading fucking hunting magazines right now, getting angry that he even has to do this podcast. Yeah. I, I have outdoors magazines, not that not that type of outdoors magazine though. Oh well, yeah, I, I'm sure and I'm sure your happy place isn't uh, a tree blind in Minnesota, but uh, bow hunting. <laughs> I think he I think he hunts deer with his bare hands. I really think he does. I think um, he just jumps out of a tree and rips them in half. I imagine he has to like, you know, hit it at least and slow it down a little bit with with the bow hunting equipment. But then maybe he finishes the job by tackling it. Sure, sure. He he at least I, breaks its neck with his bare hands at the very least every time. He I, breaks I, its neck. I always laugh when I think about bow hunting because I have a buddy who used to live over in Mesa, um, which is the neighboring town here in Phoenix. And, like, he got in trouble because he would climb up on the roof and he would set up, like, targets in the backyard and he would shoot down at the targets from his roof. Um, and the neighbors didn't like that, I guess. So, yeah, I can't imagine why they, they thought that projectiles <laughs> flying through the air wasn't the best idea. Mm. Yeah. One time my brother had me shoot an actual bow and arrow in his backyard at a, at a bale of hay. Yeah, not that's un- what I'm saying. Not understanding that I had no training at all on how to shoot a bow and arrow so when i launched the arrow through his fence into his neighbor's backyard and it plunged into their above ground pool i think we're all just happy that no human beings were in the pool when that happened holy crap man that's yeah i had to pay for that i had to pay for that pool uh so you were out of town you were you were running around in like fantasy land florida pretty much right literally oh yeah oh yeah it was i i took two tabs of lsd and i went to town baby (laughs) fantastic dancing with daisy duck and high-fiving uncle scrooge at the same time and shit at one point it was nuts i don't know what was real and what wasn't i i don't know if those are euphemisms or if that's actually what happened um either way i mean you did try to give your daughter away to a stranger at one point i saw that on twitter yeah, it's weird when you don't want to pick your kid up and a complete stranger asks if they can and you just find yourself going, sure. Really? There's there's no path for them to escape with her, right? Why not? Yeah, exactly. That's, that's I, I mean, depending on how t- tired Derek was, whether he chased or not was totally up for debate. <laughs> you know, I honestly, the one thing about having a daughter that's great is when you come across awesome moms 
that don't have a daughter. I come across this so often and it's so amazing because they're always the best to my kid. It's just some mom that has three rotten ass little boys that dick punch people and shit. They all smell like corn nuts and never stop fucking running around. And then they come across my beautiful little daughter who wants to tell them all their thoughts on Muppet Babies and why Trolls is the best movie ever made. And they're just like, come here, you. I got. I want. I want to hug you and take you home. And those ladies are exceptionally nice to my daughter. <laughs> oh, man. They're the best. Those ladies are the best. Uh, but, you know, whatever. It's all... I, 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 I was realizing one thing about this whole parenting gig is that uh, I'm going to one day have to keep her off of Twitter so that she doesn't say some dumb shit when she's young that's going to come back to bite her at a later stage in her life because that seems to be a theme happening not only in sports but in, in in wrestling Twitter. It's it's mostly bullshit though, isn't it? Like especially it's always bullshit. <laughs> like it's Twitter. How can anybody take any fucking buddy serious on Twitter? I am verified on Twitter for fuck's sake. That just shows what a fraud Twitter is. I'm just saying, I mean like sometimes people put like the real opinions out there, but a lot of these things that like people are getting popped for or or people are trying to pop people for is like just weird jokes and like dark humor stuff and like things that didn't quite land or you know were maybe or, or, almost a little more acceptable you know even yeah. five years ago yeah, they, and aren't today. The, the subject I was hanging, what was it? it? It's not rape, it's surprise sex. Yeah, like those okay. memes were floating around. Like I saw plenty of girls saying that stuff like yeah. six years ago. We've come a long way in six years with that stuff. Like it still definitely looks bad. You know, in hindsight, and it's not appropriate, but it, given the right context, yeah. I would laugh at that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and it's it's comedy. A big thing with comedy is that it is that you're not supposed to say it. It, it yeah. it's the stuff that goes unsaid, it's said taboo, out loud. Right. Yeah. yeah. It, then there's other stuff like the kid who was you know, a, what was he baseball? Pitcher, I can't remember. What. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, and his is. stuff's just like, yeah, you, you just never say that. That's just never okay. okay. Okay, but that's a great comparison. I agree because it's kind of like a lot of things. It's like the Me Too shit where anybody that did something that you could consider to be sexual harassment got lumped in together. But that was sorry when he got lumped per, in because perfect example. He, he, right? He's bad at dating and he's a clueless dude with a woman. That's not like, not the same. That's 97% of us is what yeah. that is. Yeah. Right? Uh, but I think the bigger thing there is it's unjust. It's unjust to let the fucking people that really deserve it, like a Harvey Weinstein, off, right? By yeah. then comparing them to a Louis C.K. who invited two hot girls back to his apartment at 3 o'clock in the morning and decided that he could whip his dick out in front of them. You know, like, yes, there's not. it's not saying that those two things aren't both bad, but one is way different than the other, and one is kind of way worse than the other, considering one is just a guy trying to basically pick up on women, and the other one is like, hey, if you want this job, suck my dick, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and the problem there is is that it's you can't, you can't justify that they're equal because they're not, but again, they're both bad, right? So like with Twitter now, the problem is is that we're going back and we're looking at all of these old tweets that people had, and I think what you said there is a perfect comparison because the shit that that baseball player said from Milwaukee, it was pretty <clears throat> heinous, right? But then if you also do the math on it, 
the shit that he said was when he was a junior in high school. So sometimes we have to start realizing that some of the things that these people said were at a younger age, and people have changed immensely in that time period. Goodness, I yes. mean, it's it's just one of those things that I can't I can't get this whole get get on board with this whole gotcha nature See, of there, Twitter and, and the way that it's going now. There is some of it though that you're a junior in high school. You should know as a junior in high school, you don't say that. Oh, it's not excusable yeah. at all. Yeah, yeah like I'm, that, that, I'm that's, throwing the N-word out there on Twitter yeah. just because I was young and dumb in high school, right? I mean, yeah. even even then I knew better that if I was going to do it, I was going to save it in private as a joke with my one black friend that accepted me saying it and we could say it because he would call me it all the time and I could yeah. laugh and say it with him, right? But yeah. even then, even when it was kind of acceptable because every damn rap song had it to the point that they weren't even editing it on radio edits out, yeah. like it's a little different during that time period versus now it's a little different when people were quoting Dave Chappelle all the time when they really shouldn't have been versus now, but it's, it's a, it's always one of those things that people have changed. And I don't really think that going back and bringing up old tweets is relevant. However, I also think that people that get famous on a, on a major league baseball level or WWE level need to have some sort of social media training. They need to have somebody that comes along and goes, Hey, you know, that old Twitter you had when you were an indie wrestler. Yeah. That shit. We're burning to the ground. You're going to start a brand new one with your WWE at ricochet handle. And that's what you're going to go with from now on. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's just one of those things. Yes. Yes. And no, but I mean, like, the internet is archived out there. Like you can try and clean <laughs> things up, but like shit exists. It, it 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 exists, but at the same time, somebody should go audit your old shit. Yeah, you're, you're making a ton of money. These corporations, you know, professional right. ball clubs. Right. Hire somebody. You don't right. have that many people on the roster. Have them go through, do an audit of the tweets. Say this tweet, this tweet, this tweet, and this tweet. Totally out of bounds. We'll get you in trouble. If somebody has to go digging and find it in an archive, they're going to be digging until they find something unless you are absolutely right. perfectly squeaky right. clean, and that's pretty much nobody. Honestly, so, and I don't I don't really care that much that people want to dig up deleted tweets because at the very least, I feel like if you deleted it, you knew better than to leave it out there, yeah, and I'm yeah. not really going to feel that relevant. But when people could literally like, like Hater where they could retweet him during the middle of the biggest opportunity of his whole life during an All-Star game – and they could retweet old shit he said, where he's sitting in the dugout and had to lock his account while he's in the game. Yeah. You know, that shit's crazy. And that's yeah. where that's where there's a question of it. But it also sucks, right? Because this comes down to free speech. I have 126,000 tweets out there. Do you think I want to fucking comb through that to find the shit I might have said that might offend somebody? Not even a little tiny bit. And should people care? <laughs> Eh, I don't know. I mean, people are going to care, and I, I, I know that that's a factor of doing what I do. I know I'm going to be scrutinized by people, and I know at any point someone could see something I say or even listen to this podcast and be like, oh, I'm going to go tell Derek's work, you know, that he said these. Hey, hey Derek, you know, I, I'm going to go tell your wife that you were drooling about Lana on a podcast. Oh, oh. Please do. Please do. She needs to know that. As a matter of fact, one of my favorite things was during the middle of my flight, while watching SmackDown, a Lana match came on. And, oh, the, the five minutes of, of, of back and forth my wife had during that was just, was just 
gold. I wish I had it recorded. It, it basically started with her asking me if I needed to go to the lavatory uh, <laughs> to watch it by myself. Can you join the Mile High Club alone? Ah, I might have because I took her up on the offer. I was like, okay, you want me to go to the lavatory? Fine. Give me the earbuds because I don't need the big things. I just want to hear it a little bit. I want to hear her grunts while I go do this, you know? But again, okay. Speaking of things you don't want coming back around later in life. Back and hearing this stuff right here, this stuff with you guys. Man, it's, I think it's in everybody's best interest that I do not have these podcasts transcribed and it's an Mm. audio only format. You actually have to have the will to listen to this entire podcast (laughs) to find the dirt. If you're going to do that, by all means, have that. God bless you. Yeah, there's yeah. no there's no searching key phrases on this podcast. Let me tell you. Uh, anyway, all right, we've gone on a bit of a tangent. Um, I asked you about your weekend because I wanted to talk about my weekend. Uh, I guess both Jared and uh, I, rather. That's a fucking loaded-ass question. Come on. How was your guys' weekend? <laughs> you uh, don't care about mine. Come on. Go well, on with it. I, I'm, I'm bringing us back to pro wrestling here, Derek. Yes. Let's uh, talk about NXT. Phoenix, Jared, baby. Jared and I got to attend NXT Phoenix. Um, we've learned our All lessons about. from past NXT events. Um, we've gotten really excited in the past, and we're like, "Give me whatever your best seats are. Yeah, Here's all my money." Seats, yeah. And this time it's like, um, "We're just gonna wait." And then it's like the week before, it's like, uh, "Look, oh hey, they're selling seats for twenty bucks. All right, let's do it." Yeah. Um, thirty-two dollars, mind you, with ticket fees. <laughs> Jeez. Um. But yeah, so we did that. Uh, I was actually very surprised. They they had the same um, same sections blocked off as they did at the last show uh, when NXT was here in Phoenix. Um, but the whole place was packed. Uh, the last time, like I think I had pretty much a whole row to myself. Um, not so much this time. Yeah, like Josh was all but in the center section facing the stage last time, and like halfway up, it was just open seating where he was. This time. Even where we were, we were on the side. We were at the far edge, and it was still great seats. I mean, yeah. you're not gonna this, really beat it. This is comparing bucks. this January or this this uh, this right now. This took place in July to last November was I think the last one. Yeah, and, and it was um, just it was probably double maybe double the size crowd. You think? Uh, at least hundred. I'd say hundred fifty percent. Yeah, know? I mean. It, it didn't go quite into the... They had a second, like, upper section yeah. where there was a couple scattered people, but the, the lower section of what this was was pretty taken up. So it kind of made me, like, I thought, you know, NXT in uh, January for Royal Rumble was probably going to be pretty easy to get tickets, but now Ooh. now I'm having second thoughts on yeah. that. Yeah, especially when you combine that with out-of-towners and everything. Like, oh, yeah. That's we're going to have happening. to jump on that as, as quickly as we jump on Royal Rumble seats. Well, it's interesting because Phoenix isn't a wrestling town, but people show up for WWE. It's different, you know? It's it's kind of like saying, like, oh, hey, they don't support, support the local sports teams all the time, but when the Golden State Warriors are in town, the Suns sell out, you know? So it's almost like when WWE shows up, you know, the fans show up, but you're right. NXT hasn't felt that same support. We've gone to the last two shows that really didn't have that much support at it. Surprisingly, you know, at least at the last show we went to in November, there were people into it. There was a dude dressed up as, as, uh, as the dream, you know, we had, we had some fun 
going to that show, but yeah. it, it definitely is one of those things that you're kind of surprised with the buzz NXT has that these shows, especially in a small venue like this with so much seating available and tickets not being super expensive, why they're not completely sold out. Yeah. You so, know? And it seemed like this was a good card, too. It looked like they put it, on like an actual good show. Like it wasn't it just was, a house show. Yeah. It like they told the story. Yeah, well, I don't know so much about that, but it, it was bit. it was a it was a good house show. Like our our main event wasn't like the bullcrap typical house show tag team match. Um, they did that during one of the shows of this tour. Uh, I actually went back and looked after the fact and saw that they did that for one show. Uh, for a couple other shows, they did uh, Champa versus Black. Um, rematches and for our show they did the first time ever uh champa versus velveteen dream with the title on the line and man they absolutely killed it uh just starting with that like i was very very impressed by velveteen dream we've been impressed by him many times but like he got a future champion chant at the end of that match because there were moments during that match where you're like are they gonna like does he, is he, there's a chance that he may actually take this? Like, it doesn't make sense, but, like, Ciampa winning last week on regular NXT TV didn't make a ton of sense either, so who the hell knows? Um, yeah, it was very exciting. Um, I, 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 I kind of want to just give, like, a couple of low points in addition to that. Um, I would say Cassius Ono uh, opened up the show against EC3. I feel like he's lost quite a few steps. I, he, I didn't think that was a bad match. I didn't, I didn't think it was think bad, it was great, but, but I, I, I don't, I don't know what future Ono has with NXT I, or the company. At I this think point. his future is he's going to be the veteran presence in NXT. He's the, I think he's the guy they know. He'll be fine in NXT. He can work with them. He knows the psychology. He, he's the trainer. He's going to be a glorified trainer. Yeah, that's, he's, that's he's the trainer. Yeah. He'll, I think that still, would be good... He'll still perform. He'll still go out there because he'll still be able to go. But I just don't... I agree. I, and and I'm, I'm honestly wondering if we're going to start to see that point. I'm wondering if we're going to see the point where NXT's roster starts to fill out. And if we start seeing guys not actually go to what we consider to be the main roster. I know we've brought that up before, but I wouldn't be surprised to see him be the one of those type of guys. You know, And, and at some point, I don't think... The guy's mind. At a certain point, if they're working, they're working for WWE. You, you get certain benefits with that. You get their stability. You're not having to book your own schedule. You're not having to really do the anything. You know, a lot of these guys start thinking, you know, what's life after wrestling? And you know, I think that's more common now than it was 15, 20 years ago. The guys are starting to come up with exit plans. And I think a lot of them are looking at, can I get a few years in NXT, make some good money. You know, not having to, you know, stress about making indie dates and shit promoters and that stuff. And just do the WWE thing for a while. Save up. You know, NXT, I think, is a lot easier than the indies at, the, at this point. The schedule, they're oh, not, yeah. they're not oh, yeah. touring all the time. You you're, can get some more recognition. There's some, I don't know how the merch is doing and stuff. But it, it's just, you can start taking some of the strain off and start planning. And I think we'll see that with guys. And I also think we're going to see... NXT grow as a brand as well. I, I I don't know that it's going to be looked at. It'll I think it'll always be the little brother, but I think it's really going to be the WWE indie, and it's it's going to have its own place. It, it's 
think it's already there. Yeah, I think it is, but I think we're going to see it. It may go to a two-hour program. I would like to see. Eventually, it may go live. I would like to see people go back. Yeah. I would like to see Ty Dillinger go back. I'd like to see Apollo Crews go back. I'd like to see Authors of Pain go back. Yeah. I'd like to start to see maybe even guys that are established that it wouldn't look like such a, you know. We saw saw Tyler, yeah, Tyler Breeze toured with them on this particular tour. (laughs) Um, yeah, it's going to make sense. Like the things like on raw, what they're doing with authors of pain and some of those other guys, like, what are they doing? Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I didn't see it on Hulu. I I don't think authors of pain made Hulu. (laughs) That's crazy. You're not even making Hulu anymore, man. Yeah. That's rough. Um, kind of semi tangentially related to that. Uh, my other like thumbs down of the evening would have to go to heavy machinery. Um, I, I and I, I guess like that's just skipping over Lars Sullivan. Like we didn't even watch that. We went and took a bathroom break and got another beer. Yeah. But um I was bored by Undisputed Era versus Heavy Machinery. Like I I don't know man. Tucker Knight really drags it down for me personally. And I don't know what was going on with that match because I wasn't ex- really impressed with Undisputed Era and usually like and they've, they've, had, they've had like five star bouts like so yeah I don't like, know man I don't know if it was just you know I think this was the last show of the tour so I don't know if they were just kind of you know just getting the job done yeah, going through the motions yeah, yeah. just kind of yeah. coasting well, it, it seems like a lazy matchup where they're going to be like some bullies and they're going to you know poke around at Hovey machinery and make fun of them being fat and that's it. Yeah. It just wasn't, it didn't click it, and it could just be sometimes you have teams that are fine that when they're matched up, they just don't work. And I, you know, heavy machinery, yeah. I'm not a huge fan. Uh, Dozovic, I think has got a future. I don't think Tucker Knight does. Agreed. Yeah. He, cause you, you can see, all the personality is coming off of him, and there's nothing but Tucker Knight. Totally. It's kind of like Montez Ford in a way. It's not like I don't like Angelo Dawkins, but I just <laughs> think Montez Ford is, he's a star. Dude is yeah. a star. There's just something different about him. And sometimes you wonder why they would stick someone that's such a star with someone else. WWE seems to always be about trying to get as many guys over Instead of just worrying about like one guy that's gonna be super over on his own, just letting him go, you know, and and that's a weird thing with with what they do, especially in developmental talent. Like I get, I get especially someone like Otis being a part of a tag team, but I don't know, man. The, I it, I'm kind of I kind of wonder sometimes when I see someone like Tucker, that like what what do you guys see in him? What what do you guys see in him that would keep him around? I mean, it, at least with with Dawkins, I see some humor and some personality and some talent there. I mean, I, I can't even say the same about Tucker, but he, yeah, he's a big guy who you know he's capable when it comes to pro wrestling. He just it's just that personality, and it's it's just very apparent when you put him next to a guy like Otis. Yeah, I agree. Oh, I agree. Um, so this show took place on Sunday, uh, not too long after we all got a lot of bad news in the wrestling world. Um, Nikolai Volkov died at the age of 70. Uh, I guess he had some heart issues um, as of late, which, you know, I, I look at the age of 70, and to me, that's still relatively young. 
my parents aren't too far from that, and that kind of scares yeah. me. Just thinking about it, yeah. it's one of those ones yeah. that start to hit a little closer to home. It's it's that age where unfortunately when people die at that age, yeah. it's like yeah. oh yeah, that you know it's like understandable, but yeah, it is. It's too young, and um, it, especially it, when you're a legend like that, you know. It also seems like it was kind of his choice. There are reports that he had heart issues. The doctor said, "Well, we want to do open heart surgery." No. Uh, well, let us go in and put a stent in. No. Yeah. And so yeah. it was kind of a. It's a weird thing, just, man. Yeah. It, it's a know. weird thing when you get to that age. I mean, like my my dad's kind of like that, and it drives me up the wall, you know. And there's nothing you can really ultimately do about it, you know. You can't you can't be with them every waking moment to make sure they're doing all the things, and you can't force them to go, you know, have the procedures or have the the doctor treatment or whatever, you know, like. It just sucks. There's there's nothing you can do, and and like especially like my dad. My dad loves life a lot. So to see him kind of being in a phase where he doesn't really care anymore to keep his health up to try to extend his life as long as possible, it's heartbreaking, you yeah. know. And you know that when you get like I don't know, man. There's some da- there are some days, there are some days where even at the age of 37, I'm like, you know what? If I died right now with how I feel, I think I would be okay with it. You know, I'm just so fucking tired right now. I could understand. You mean morning older. three Ebola? <laughs> oh, that's the exact night that I'm talking about, Jerry. <laughs> I know we've talked about it, but yes, that's that's the point where you're just like, you know what? Uh, it, it was it was when I was on the monorail going to to Magic Kingdom. It was at that point where I was like, I would be okay dying right now because I will take anything to alleviate this pain that I'm feeling in my body. Yeah. yeah. But it's, uh, it's unfortunate, and he was definitely a, a huge part of, of the WWF, man. Oh, for sure. Um, and, yeah, and then at the same time, pretty much, we, we got the news about Brian Christopher. Um, just absolutely tragic. Uh, suicide in a jail cell. I guess, technically, they performed CPR, and he died a little bit later with Jerry Lawler at his side, uh, which, in a way, is... is nice to know that sort of detail but that's heartbreaking yeah too, overall, to think about him being at his son's side while totally passes, you know? totally and, and you know like some of the struggles that brian christopher had gone through with you know dui and jerry not claiming him as substance his son. abuse and <laughs> that stuff too and yeah i don't know it's a bummer but uh it is a bummer it it's is, a bummer that anybody like that that has the opportunities that he's had feels that's the the only way out and it also right. sucks that, like, you know, a DUI or something like that is cause for you to, to end your life. There, there's no problem like that that you can't overcome, especially when you're just talking about, like, maybe a, a short jail sentence and maybe some, some fines and shit like that. But I, I don't know, man. Once again, this just goes back to the whole thing of life kind of being precious. And you really, at the end of whatever your belief is, I mean, whatever... I just feel like you, you got to take the gamble no matter how many lives you think you have or whatever you believe in that you, you this might be your only one. So you got to make it as good as possible. And I don't know. It's, it's heartbreaking, man. It's, it's heartbreaking because of the fact that he entertained all of us at one point. Yeah, man. I, and, I had and, weird and you, sunglasses just like him at one point. I, yeah. I really should not have owned those sunglasses, but I, I there, had to there say, was a short, 
I had essentially two cool knockoff sunglasses back in yeah. the day. At least you <laughs> didn't have the edging Christian, the over the top of your head sunglasses. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't, wasn't quite to that level, but it wasn't too far off. Well, I was definitely oh, a Grandmaster Sexay fan over yeah. uh, Scotty Too Hotty. You know, totally. I liked him. I liked, I liked his leg drop, you know, when he'd put on those stupid glasses and shine them up before he jumped off. Yep. Uh, seeing people like PCO, seeing David Arquette, people that were one time, you know, like in this business and, and their careers became nothing, have a resurgence this year. Seeing David Arquette, that was a joke that some people blamed for being the demise of WCW. Uh, come back and be accepted by the wrestling community like the way he has this year, um, and giving it all, it, it his all, and injuring himself in the process and everything. You know, like these guys just to me are shining examples that nothing's done and there's no reason to give up. You know, I mean, never give up, never surrender, as as the Boy Scout says. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and you know, PCO, I mean. I don't know that there's many indie wrestlers with a bigger buzz than him right now. Like it's crazy. He, he's right? not even just having a little resurgence. He's having like a major. He's probably more popular right now than he's ever been. If, if I had to. Yeah. No, you're right because he was just one of the Quebecers. You didn't even yeah. know his name. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then he now was a pirate guy, and yeah. right. <laughs> Nobody liked that except for me. <laughs> Josh was the only one. And now he's doing crazy off the top turnbuckle bounce off the top and middle rope backflips on a Brian Cage in a fucking show. Yeah. At 50 years old. God damn and, maniac. And in two and a half weeks, he'll be facing Matt Riddle in what I would guess is one of Matt Riddle's final indie appearances. And uh, the follow-up to Spring Break 2, Joey Janela lost in New York. Uh, which is sure to be a ridiculous show. Uh, between that match, uh, I saw that they signed Weedus to perform, which is fantastic. <laughs> if, if you That's saw any amazing. of the clips of the Teenage Dirtbag sing-along from Spring Break 2, it was an amazing moment. That I, I think I was like done with wrestling that night. It was like 2.30 in the morning. Um, but that, we were all so done. Yeah, I think we were all pretty much done. But that that song came on, and as it kept going, and everybody started singing it, like it just brought life back into the crowd. And yeah, that's it, I I like what they're doing over there at GCW. They they're doing some fun stuff. They're having fun with wrestling, as they should. They do, and uh, you got to admire how unapologetic they are sometimes about their booking and the way they do stuff. I mean, they yeah. don't really, they don't they don't really feel the pressure publicly about who to book or when to book people. And, you know, it's, it's pretty much all about fun. Uh, and I, I, I like that. And I, I also kind of respect even when I don't like the people that they're booking, even when there's some guy named Schlag getting booked there. Right. No, uh, hey. I'm not, I'm, I'm just saying, just as an example, that's not, uh, that's not the name. It, it's Schlag not... with a K. I don't like the way you're saying that. Yeah, I know anyway. what the problem is. You say it just fine. I'm saying uh, it right, right? Schlag? Yeah, I like Schlag. Yeah, see, there's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah. I, I, yeah. Yeah, good stuff, though, from GCW and Joey Janela and PCO and everybody. I love... I just... I love stories like that. And that's what makes you know, Brian Christopher's death that much more tragic is that especially with wrestling, you just know that there's 
there's always a, a, a time for a comeback and there's always fans willing to accept you. There's always people willing to help you out. Uh, there's a lot of messed up people in wrestling, man. And they're, they're always trying their best to help each other get through this weird carny life that they live. Uh, it sucks that, that, you know, this felt, this was his only way out or he felt like this was his only way out. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I, I, I don't know how else to transition away from that, but oh, I, it was a bummer I, when I was at Disney World. <laughs> let me tell you, seeing all those names getting dropped and all this stuff yeah. it brought a tear to my eye once I, or twice. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's the sort of thing where, like in 2018, I can at least say that, you know, at least that at least we're not dealing with like the super tragic deaths on a regular basis anymore. You know, they're they're happening, but it's not like every month somebody's dropping because of drugs or something that their body, you know, decided to finally shut down after years of drugs or something along those lines. Like, yeah, I feel like we're losing legends that are of that age range where it's not uncommon. Yeah. I, I, that's more common, you know, the Nikolai Volkov situation is more common than the Brian Christopher thing now. Exactly. And, and yeah. that's, which is a, which is a positive. Yeah, it, it's yeah. a bummer, die, but it's... But part of life there, yeah. there's a difference there yep for sure well, wrestling's different man you have more vegans now in wrestling than you got guys doing cocaine before a match you know yeah, it's it's a different world it's a different are you sure about that mm, i mean yeah i'm sure i just percentage wise i'm sure that there's more vegans drinking kale tonic before a match than they are doing lines of cocaine not to say that there aren't still guys out there doing lines of cocaine i mean coke <laughs> is vegan i I didn't say it wasn't. It's true. It's the same people, basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we're recording this podcast on Wednesday. Uh, Thursday is election day in Tennessee. I don't know if you guys realize that. But uh, Kane, Glenn Jacobs for mayor of Knoxville. Um, that, that's not this November. That's happening, like, now. Um, as of the end of the day on Thursday. By the time you listen to this podcast, there's a good chance... The world will know uh, whether Kane is officially mayor. I think everybody's expecting him to be mayor. Um, it's a very red area. He barely... Really? Won- it's a real red area with Kane there? <laughs> I know, right? See, is, it, is it a big red machine? It, yeah, totally. It seems that way. Um, he, I didn't realize this, but he only won the primary by 23 votes. It was like, that's insanely close margins. It, it's a real close margin, but I think there was only something like 1,200 votes cast. <laughs> okay. So, so, so it's not percentage like... Percentage-wise. It's yeah. percentage-wise. That's still really close. Yeah. Um, regardless, uh, yeah. So, you know, it's it's it would be a shock, I guess, if the Democrat would win there. So it's pretty much expected that Kane is going to be mayor. Time-wise, that maybe that explains a little bit more the uh the expediting of uh his run with daniel bryan uh i thought it would last longer but also i thought he had until november so it kind of makes a little more sense now um why, why it was so short and sudden yeah 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 yep uh, it's also it's also good they did it i'm glad we got that one little last blast of totally it was fun and i i like what they're doing right now um miz is super annoying and uh they're they're doing the proper callbacks so all the talking smack stuff. Um, this is the feud we've yeah, been waiting for. It, it really is. Like this, like we, ever since Daniel Bryan announced that he's was coming back to wrestling, 
Like, I feel like we've gotten a little taste of Daniel Bryan, but we haven't really gotten the true Daniel Bryan back just yet. And and we're getting a little bit of that here and there with The Miz, and I, I hope they continue to build it up for a little while. I, I do truly hope that, you know, this doesn't just go to SummerSlam and that's the end. But like you said, it, it's a feud that could potentially roll all the way to Mania. Absolutely. But at the very I mean, least, should go past SummerSlam, I think. It doesn't even have to be them fighting constantly. There's just plenty of opportunities yeah, yeah, for yeah. them to be on opposing sides between now and then and just keep it rolling into a yep. big match at WrestleMania. Maybe with some belt on the line to go along with it at that point. Who knows? I just think that Daniel Bryan and Miz is one of the best feuds that they've have laid out without it taking place. And that what that's what makes it so exciting. Rarely is the f- history there, you know? Yeah. The the Gargano Champa thing is so good because of the history that's been interwoven in into that that feud. Uh and this feels the same way where it has the potential to be just dynamite and and really last a while, you know, uh like Champa and Gargano like Champa and Gar- Champa Champa and Gargano have. Uh they they just it it just feels like perfect big match chemistry. I think they've done a good job with the exception of Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns of making big matches that we want to see uh, at SummerSlam. SummerSlam feels better at least as far as what the matches are going to be than I think even WrestleMania did. Yeah, the card looks solid. It's it's less like kind of garbage filler stuff to make sure everybody's on the card, which they do at Mania. This is just I mean, so far, we pretty much have, like, all championship matches plus the Money in the Bank contract on the line. Um, and all those matchups are, are solid. Yeah. I, I do disagree with adding Charlotte to the match, but that we'll get to that. That is I'm an sure. important distinction. I was going to talk about that later, but we could talk about that now. <coughs> um, yeah, so Carmella, Becky Lynch. Uh, you know, super excited for Becky. I I don't know. Like it, it was one of those moments where Charlotte's music hit, and we're like, "Oh, Charlotte's back! Hey, just in time for SummerSlam! Oh, wait a minute, uh, what are they doing here?" And as soon as they announced the fact that she had an in to get to that match, like, uh, it, it, just, it, was it just, just felt those, wrong. Yeah, it it felt too rushed. It's like I get she's your top female, you know, or that's the way they view her over there. It's Becky's time. You don't need it. And I, I know what they're doing. You can see it when... You can see the way they played up Becky's reaction when Charlotte won. That they're setting up the Charlotte-Becky feud. But I don't need that right now. Well... If, okay, here's, so, here's, what, here's what I see it as. Is that I hate the fact that WWE has this uh, carbon copy template now for yeah. women where it's two friends that have a fractured relationship where it's like, are they really friends or not? Because, you know, girls yeah. can't really be friends, you know? So it's like, that's what everything has to be now. Becky and Sa- or, uh, Sasha and Bailey, Naya and, and Alexa Bliss, now this. You know, it's just everything is, is becoming that. Natalia versus oh Ronda Rousey is going to eventually be I that. I never thought of this in this perspective. Yeah. This is horrible. Oh, it's, it's so lazy. It's so fucking lazy. And that's the one thing I didn't like about this incorporating into this. Because just talking about SmackDown, again, I'm watching it on the plane. I had my fists clenched and I was like doing like weird shit in my seat watching the segment because I thought it was such a good women's segment between Carmella 
and Becky. The way that it went, the way everything went, the way that Carmella even turned on her. And then you're right. The minute that Charlotte's fucking music hit, it ruined everything. It ruined everything. And, like, I just knew it from the way she made the save to everything that it was going to be this. Uh, And I really was rooting in the main event for Carmella to win somehow. I wanted Becky to go out there and cost fucking Charlotte the match. I wanted Charlotte to not be in this match. I wanted it to just be a straight-up match. I get why they're doing it, because they're trying to make it different than whatever Raw's doing with their women's championship situation. Uh, So by making a triple threat match, it makes it different, and it adds an element of, you know, Sasha and Bayley into this match. Uh, So it it has all their their favorite, you know, ingredients for a women's title match. Uh, yeah. But I just think it's lazy, and I wish they wouldn't have done that. They already had a very good feud going with Carmella and 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 uh, and Becky. Well, they did it, not need they did not need to add an extra element to it. It, it takes away cause, because like especially with Becky and Charlotte both being baby faces, like it takes away from the the support that Becky's gonna get and should get. Frankly, you know this this could have been just her moment, her moment alone. Um, you know getting that championship back once again as opposed to now she's going to be taking that from Charlotte as well which you know you can make a case for that being that making it even more important because it's more than you know just Carmella you know this is the established Charlotte but but that's not they, how I see they it they could no nah, I'm with you as, as a fan it kind of reminds me of like okay what they tried to do with Brock Lesnar this week which was like Let's just go full fucking heel. Let's go full heel. Let's have Brock Lesnar do all the things that we know that you're not going to want him to like, you know, that you know that you're not going to like about him, right? Yeah. When it, when it comes to, like, Charlotte, it's funny because what they did with Charlotte is more effective at making me not like the person than what they did with Brock Lesnar. Because Charlotte is all entitled and she immediately gets this opportunity, and she's immediately now cutting into Becky's chances of winning the title, which was pretty much a sure thing based on the fact that she's such a badass. And you just kind of have this feeling of being like, wow, you're a fucking bad friend. What a shitty person to just come in and happily take the spotlight from your friend and an opportunity from your friend when your friend has been here kicking ass this whole time while you've been getting new boobs put in your chest. And, you know, here you are showing them off and taking opportunities your first night back that Becky had to work, like, a year to get. And so, like, it just, it's funny how, on a fan level, I dislike Charlotte more now, and it kind of reminds me of Roman Reigns, because it's the reason why I dislike Roman Reigns. He keeps getting all these opportunities. That's a brilliant way for WWE to get people heat, if they would just see that as what they need to do. But instead... They don't realize they're doing it, and they're doing it to, like, top stars, and then they're wondering why fans like us reject them, and it's because even though we know what's going on and even though we don't admit all of this stuff I just said, deep down inside, you kind of feel that feeling. It doesn't really go away. You're like, fuck this guy. Why does they, Why does he get another chance? And it's kind of like that with Charlotte. Fuck her. Why does she get another chance? She just got back. Go to the back of the line, bitch, and work your way up, just like everybody. Yeah, else. yeah or, Becky had to win a bunch of matches to even, and had to beat. Didn't she? She had to beat Carmella just to get the match. Yeah, right, right. And, and, and technically, you know, Charlotte had to do that too, but she got that opportunity immediately. Yeah, which is yeah, it's bullshit, man. Um, I I much would have rather Becky have her moment, and then you know, 
once she has finished dispatching of Carmella, who's next? Well, now Charlotte comes out. Now they can build up that, you know, two mega stars feuding type of thing. But yeah, yeah. Well, that's, for that. everything. that's the thing is, is I just don't know sometimes when they're doing those things intentionally and when they're not. Because in some cases they have. In some cases they've done something where they gave somebody something like that and then they kind of pushed them into a heel direction, maybe because the fans turned, maybe because they had it planned the whole time. But it always, in, in some cases, it's felt right. Lately, it just feels like they're oblivious to, like, what a character's motivations and what they do and why fans would react in a negative way to that. You know, like... Roman Reigns stepping aside and giving someone else an opportunity would fucking be amazing for his character if you really wanted, you know, to to put him over. But instead, again, you just keep having him steal opportunity after opportunity from other people and then wonder why, you know, people don't like him. You know, it's it's just a weird thing that they don't know that what yeah. they're doing is is such a negative for the characters that they're trying so hard to get over. Yeah. So Charlotte, Charlotte's awesome. She deserves opportunities. Yes. But what the fuck ever, man, let Becky just have this moment. It doesn't need to be every opportunity all the time. And that's the problem. It goes back to what you're saying with Roman Reigns. They always have to be in that spot and there's other people that are capable of it and just mix it up for once in a while. They don't need to do it all the time. And that's right. You don't always need to call on them to be in the spotlight. Let somebody else do it. Like, watch AJ Styles and Samoa Joe steal the shit out of SummerSlam because I'm fucking 100% positive yeah. they're going to. Yeah. I don't even think it's stealing it because I think most of us that know know that that's going to be a, a fucking stellar match, right? Yes. But then again, who knows? Maybe they book another Nakamura AJ at fucking WrestleMania and we get a fucking nut-punching fest. Who the fuck knows? You know, I, I don't know what they're going to do anymore. I just know that those two guys are capable of putting on a fucking better show than anybody else on that card and they are going to fucking kill it hopefully and and that's that's the kind of stuff that i think that we need versus always seeing roman reigns like i've gotten to the the point where i'm defending roman reigns on certain episodes of this podcast for some fucking weird reason but it's it's once again it's this weird like i don't know I, i i have sympathy for the guy because i'm really starting to feel like he's not you know, he's fully capable and he's not a waste of, of being even a superstar, even the big star that they want him to be. I just want them so badly to handle him correctly and not do it the way that I, they're trying to do it. I'm past know? that, man. Like, the way he goes out there and delivers promos, it's the most unlikable bullshit for a person like me. Um, I get that yeah. there's a large percentage of the WWE fan base who sees a guy going out there talking the way he does, using the kind of language he does, and is like, yeah, this is my guy. That's my dog. You know, like, that's, I don't know. There's different people in the world, man. So, you know, teach their own. But that said, like, this whole thing with Brock Lesnar, like, he's, you know, they, they, they put him over, like, really on the nose this week as the uber heel. They really uh, you did. Know, like they did push, everything. Pushing away Paul Heyman, so even like the hardcore fans had to be like, oh, well, now he's naming with Heyman, so like, I don't know how I feel about this. Yes. Does that mean we have to support Roman Reigns? Uh, that's probably, it seems to be kind of like what their goal is, but yes. good goodness, like, how awesome this would work if there was just one of many other guys 
you know, in Roman Reigns' place at this point that, you know, 90% of the fan base could actually get behind against this uber-heel Lesnar, like, that could be a huge matchup. But they're just completely missing that because they just really want to have Roman in that position. And it, it kind of just sucks because, yeah, this isn't the match we're looking forward to. We're looking forward to Joe Styles. And, like, ugh, like the, it, it's the Universal Championship. Like, they want it to be the marquee title. It's just not going to get there until they do something more interesting with those feuds. And this ain't it. Maybe this is the end of this feud. I don't know. I almost kind of well, don't care. Like, you know what, Josh? <laughs> this is what they've done, though. They've exhausted us. So now yeah. it's to the point where, guess what? Guess what, Josh? Guess what? I want Roman Reigns to win the Universal title. No, I want Braun Strowman to win the Universal title. <laughs> well, I still don't want exactly Roman. That's exactly what I want to happen. But overall, you get what I'm saying. Yeah. I want this to be done. And even if it means Roman needs to be champion so that Brock then can go away and then Roman can feud with other people even. I know that sucks because then Roman's still part of it. But good God, man, I want that transition so that this title can get away from this situation. And Yeah. It's, hey, it's not we, war of attrition. It, fe- it feels like we were saying this back in February, March, leading up to WrestleMania. Oh, wait, but, because we were. And, and they've done nothing to progress since then. Like, they might as well have done it then. I don't understand but, this. But here's the thing. I want Roman to lose and Braun to cash in because at that point, Roman has lost so many times. You can't even argue it's a rubber match or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's got to be done. Because otherwise, I, I fear that they're looking at WrestleMania again. Yeah, Brock, go to the UFC for, in January. End of January, shows up at the Rumble. And we're back in the same situation. What a joke that would be. I, honestly, if they started heading down that road, like... I've threatened to just completely cut out watching Raw and just catch up on Raw storylines at pay-per-views. They go down that road, like, I'm, I'm going to pull the trigger on that. Like, yep. I'm done. I, yep. I, I, like, I've... We're jet- giving you an ultimatum, WWE. <laughs> if you wanted to steal Cage off the air, you're fucking going to get it. <laughs> I don't, I don't say we're going off the air, but my, my threats of changing the main podcast into, hey, let's cover SmackDown, and then we're also going to talk NXT, because those yeah. are the most fun things in WWE Fuck these you, days. Fuck you, Sprung. <laughs> Fuck you, Sprung. Yeah. Hey, guess what? Sprung gets NXT UK now. So Yeah. He can go have that now. <laughs> that, that makes NXT for two perfect, right? Uh, yeah, totally. T for anyway. two. T time. Um, NXT I time. Think I think that I want Braun Strowman to come down mid-match and come into this match, just like Seth did. I want yeah. Roman to be driven insane by the fact that these guys keep taking this opportunity away from him. That's what I want. Totally. I want I want motivation and character, and so that's why I'm still hoping from Roman Reigns. That's where the position that I come from. You know what I mean? It's kind of like uh, my my very funny battle with the nerds over the Aquaman poster. Uh, no, I'm not a Marvel shill. At my core, what I want is all the favorite, my favorite comic book characters from when I was a kid to be awesome. And I want all of their stuff to be awesome. And I get mad when it's not. I don't care if it's Marvel or DC. Un- it's un- the same. What? Go ahead. No, I was going to say, un- unfunny nerd tangent, my hot take on that. Or maybe it's not a hot take. I don't know. I saw the, the Aquaman trailer. Holy crap, that looks terrible. Like, absolutely yeah. terrible. Like, yeah. like there's right. nothing yeah. redeeming about it. It, it, it and the I, Venom trailer both look bad. The only reason why I'm going to give Venom the nod 
is because it's the anti-hero rather than the hero. And sure. that's about it. Yeah. Like, I, I remember seeing that. Like, we were watching Ant-Man and the Wasp in the theater, and that was when the chair was before, and I was sitting next to my brother, and when that Aquaman trailer finished, we just looked at each other and started laughing. We're like, what did we just watch? Poor Tim is going to have uh. to sit through another podcast of me <laughs> just hammering DC. <laughs> But uh, he's trying to earn this. Sorry, sorry, okay, sorry to cut you but, off. I just had but, to get that off my chest. No, no, no. But that's a great point, though. And going like to Jared of making fun of Tim. Jared doesn't want the DC movies to be bad. They just are. That's no, a fact. No, I pay to go see them every goddamn time. Exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. And to be honest, when you really calculate like my top five comic book movies, two of them at least are DC. So I can't really say that all DC movies are bad when two of my top five are DC. It's just a consistency of being bad, and then the good ones kind of are the shining, you know, the the rare diamonds. You know, you're you're gonna have your Batman uh, or the Dark Knight, and you're gonna have your Wonder Woman, but you're also gonna get your Aquaman's and your Suicide Squads, and that's the part that sucks. You don't want any of that. You kind of want it all to be great. You want to have every one of those movies be awesome. You want it to be a true, just fan experience yeah. where you're enjoying both. Like, at, at my core, I do not hate Roman Reigns as a person, and we've said that a thousand times. So, like, when I look at Roman Reigns' storylines, I think for the best, and I try to think of ways to, like, give him character and give him depth. And having that goddamn Money in the Bank, you know, title be a thing that kind of pushes him over the edge to act raw for a little while, when he's already kind of been a dick, and it just pushes him over the edge to act, you know, unhero-like. This is the this is the portion of his story where he goes in a cave and broods for a while because he's sick of the bullshit and he can be a fucking asshole for a while and whatever. I just want something, right? And that's the thing is is I still I think still at the end of the day root for them or want them to do something good with every single person on the roster. I don't think that I think they have so much talent that they shouldn't be wasting it on bullshit feuds. I shouldn't be seeing fucking Titus O'Neil and, and Apollo Cruz versus AOP because neither one of them have anything to offer to me at this point. Uh, I think there's again, too many talented people within WWE to be wasting time on that bullshit. Yeah. You know, one thing I don't like is that WWE now always has to concentrate on raw on like one major story. And then everything else is kind of just supplementary to that. Uh, along an episode of Raw. Yeah, that's... that's what we had with with this week where it was all about the Brock and it was all about Paul Heyman possibly getting fired if Brock doesn't come out and all of that. And everything else just felt like, you know, sides. Filler. Sides, Dude, sides it was that filler, man, for three hours. I, I do have to say something, though. We have also in the past said that we like those storylines that go through the show and weave through. So... It's just the way everything else takes a back seat, and there isn't depth yes, there. I, I think the, 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 I, I think everything the else is inconsequential except for that. Yeah, I, I just don't want to make it seem like we don't like that type of storytelling because we have said on a bunch of occasions we do like sure. it when they when they make it a theme throughout the night. Definitely. Well, yeah, yeah, because we want an actual episode. It's a television yeah. show. We don't want to see a a house show. We don't want to see them just go out there and put on matches. And, and you're absolutely right. We've asked for them to do that exact thing. Again, it's, it's probably just the fact that this was so transparent as to what they were doing. You know, uh, my wife made disgusted sounds at the way Brock Lesnar was acting at the fact that they had to have him reading different outdoor hunting magazines 
each time they showed him in the back. You know, uh, I did like his attitude. I liked I, I did like to see the inner workings of the way Brock Lesnar treats Paul Heyman and the way that Paul Heyman's kind of a bitch and just takes it, right? But I, I just thought they laid it on a little thick this week. And, and I'm not entirely Paul. convinced they aren't setting up for Paul to turn on Brock inside with Roman and we finally get a Roman heel turn. But uh, Give me that. I, I, Again. Which, that. which is okay fine. That. If, if that's the outcome of this and we have to suffer through all this to get to that, that's intriguing. Because cool. it, it, it makes sense that Roman at this point could be a Paul Heyman guy. You fans hate him. You despise him. He's always oh my here. Gosh. Yeah, he and, and if, the that advocate. Mean, if that means that Roman Reigns talks less and just like beats people up and has Heyman be his mouthpiece, like oh, if if god, oh my god, if if Roman is just standing there in his flak jacket, looking fucking aloof and fucking shit, while bra- while <laughs> Paul talks shit the whole time, give me that. Give yeah. me that. Again, this goes back to what I was saying. Give me something interesting. That's fucking interesting. Yeah. And see, that's the sad part is at the end of the day, will they pull the trigger on that? Probably not. But God, would that be awesome? And if they did, then fucking it's an amazing way to end the story. It's an amazing way to end the story. And it gives Brock a chance to go away and start training. And it's the perfect thing for Brock to leave because of, you know, without Paul, why would Brock be in pro wrestling? He's proven that he has a disdain for it as a character. So I love that. And now I'm going to be more disappointed when that doesn't happen. So thanks, Jared. Thanks Sorry. for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I saw some stuff on Twitter earlier today, and I don't know if you guys have seen this, but have you, have you seen what's been going on with Matt Hardy's account? Yeah, I wanted to talk about that because it seems weird. Like I, we haven't heard about any injury or anything, but he's he had that one post – where it seemed like a retirement post. Where yeah, pictures so of retirement. I, I've got it right here. He, he wrote, To all who supported me in the Independence and Omega, to the fans <laughs> of Team Extreme, to the Mattitude followers, to the outspoken fans who brought me back in 2005, to the people who backed me when I was reincarnated in pro wrestling, to the Woken Warriors, thank you. Um, and yeah, he followed that up with a whole bunch of old photos and videos going back to like pre-WWE, early WWE, and all throughout... Um, yeah, I don't know what what's what's going on with Matt Hardy today. Yeah, and it's not like we heard about any injury or anything. Nah. And I mean, it does seem like they could potentially be written out of and done with the championship storyline on Raw, and you know, I don't know what's next. But yeah, and, and I don't know with Matt. You always have to question: Is this a gimmick? Like, is this is he working some sort of angle? With all this, like to set up some next, next gimmick development. Cause... He's always smart enough to be doing stuff like that, yeah. you know. But at the same time, too, I think taking advantage of the salmon jacket a little too many times is isn't isn't the best thing. And I think that if you're, you know, if you're doing stuff on social media like that, it's it's definitely a, a question. You know, I think it's a valid valid thing to question what's going on with him. Yeah, uh, I don't know though. He's he's been through a lot, and he has a good life, and he seems like they are uh, they're they're enjoying you know being a family and raising this weird little tribe that they got going on. So I wouldn't be surprised if it's more possibly about him just spending time at home and and wanting the time off the road. His kids are at a young age, man. That's one thing I know about my daughter is everything that everybody said about them grow look like growing up in the blink of an eye is absolutely true. 
it's absolutely true. And, you know, sometimes, especially when you have two of them, you realize how fast one grew up and you want to make sure you don't miss out on the other ones. So maybe that factors into it. You know, yeah, maybe it's not about injury. I would say one, he's certainly earned some time off. And two, you know, if WWE has noticed anything, I'm sure they've realized that they've kind of missed the mark with, uh, the Woken Warriors thing that he's been doing with Bray Wyatt anyways, so might as well move on and, you know, separating them in that way where he just kind of disappears for a while uh, is certainly a way to do it. It's a much better way than any other way out at this point, I think. Yeah. It's, it's hard for them to get out of it. And I think Bray is ready. Bray is, a, you know, a solid singles competitor. So I think yeah. at this point I'd much rather see him the, by himself than doing, the, doing this nostalgia act with, with Matt. Yeah, the tag team thing kind of has just been dragging them down, frankly. Um, all right. Well, I think we've hit on all the high parts of what has happened in WWE this week. Um, the uh, in the tag team front of the SmackDown side, uh, we did have the Bar and the Usos face each other in the other half of the four team tournament uh, to determine the. Number one contenders over there. Um, so now we're going to end up with uh, The Bar and... New Day. The New Day <clears throat> next week. Which is cool. I, I, I'm fine with the way they've been doing this. That'll be a decent SmackDown match. Yeah, they, they've all been decent matches to this point. Um, I, I got a kick out of The New Day having their own full announce table uh, <laughs> during this segment on SmackDown. That was something a little different. Something fun. Yeah, I like when they, with the New Day and they do little stuff like that. It works. It was fucking awesome. What are you talking about? It was amazing. It was amazing. I wanted more of it. I, I, but I think that that was the key, was the fact that they just kept cutting into them. Like, who were they talking to? Nobody was hearing them. There wasn't an alternate, like, channel that you could listen to New Day commentary. Like, they're just over there commentating to nobody, simply for them to cut in for 15 seconds. Yeah, it, it wasn't like they, they were part of the conversation and they would they would throw to them. It was just, you know, they would just cut in and out, which is kind of weird, but also kind of awesome. I think it made it better. I think it really did make it better. I don't know why, but it made it better. Wouldn't it, would it be awesome if you hit the SAP button on your remote and yes, you could get it, them? But Josh, I wanted it to happen. I tried it. It didn't happen. <laughs> I did try it. It did not happen. Uh, I'm thankful you tried that at least. I didn't yes. think to. I wanted it to be real. I wanted it to be real because they took the Spanish announce table spot. But yes, no. I mean, come on. What? 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 I don't know. There's not a lot of original stuff out there, and especially with the new day, that's that's a perfect thing. I, I want to see the new day announce table more often, and I want to have it available on the SAP commentary button on my cable, please. <laughs> um, did we talk? Did we talk about Lana already? Did did I, I think you well, might have mentioned? Did, 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 stop. Mm-hmm. Did you recall what we talked about? Because it well, wasn't the match, mm-hmm. and it's not going to be well, the match with Derek. On, on the other side of that, we had Zelina Vega's debut um, mm-hmm. as a wrestler, which was nice to see. Sorry. Ultimately, uh, Aiden English tried to help Lana and failed. And the interesting wrinkle of this was that, you know, Lana may not have been happy with English in the backstage area, 
But even more so than that, she was not happy with Rusev. And when Rusev, you know, tried to get angry about English, she completely mm-hmm. turned it on him. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know, man. Mm-hmm. Tr- trouble in paradise. Mm-hmm. You guys see the cracks forming, right? <laughs> um, I'm sorry. I'm no, sorry I'm, I did this. I'm not seeing the cracks in the relationship you want it to be. Um, all I'm saying is that when you have a dream, sometimes it's more of a marathon than a sprint. Okay. You get me? Sure. Right. So sometimes it's more about outlasting. It's about outlasting your competition rather than beating them, you know, from the battle of attrition. Exactly. Were were you competing for Aiden English? I'm confused now. No. (laughs) No. And I don't feel the need to explain it any further. I think that those that get it, get it. But for the most part, let's just say that Lana is a better wrestler than Eva Marie. (laughs) Um, And setting the bar high there, Derek. Just happy to see her competing out here, you know. She has that big win where she defeated Asuka during her streak that I, you know, I know not a lot of people like to talk about, but it happened. Um, and I think that she is a star on her own without any English or Rusev. Did you see that she does like a, a like a handstand twirl thing now instead of a weird dancing? Yeah, I, I don't cap- know. I don't know if that was better. Um, it was very capoeira, what it was. I guess. It was, it was... <laughs> I, I, I did like the, the spin of Rooney thing she did. That was that was something. It was something, Josh, it was. <laughs> She's a dancer. I don't know if you know that. Quote unquote dancer. Oh, don't you fucking dare, you son of a bitch. Uh, hey, um so since it was heavily promoted again this week, did you guys watch Ms. and Mrs. Yes. Like SmackDown? I didn't get to watch it this week. I need to watch it. It's such an enjoyable show. Even when the storylines are bullshit and contrived. Yeah. It's such a good show. I love The Miz more now than I ever possibly have. Because in this week's episode, there's a fight over how much they were gonna pay not only for a cake for a baby shower, but for the delivery cost of the cake. And I have never felt more unified with some other man than I did when Miz was describing why he didn't want to pay the extra money for any of that shit. Also, this his haggling. <laughs> I like and the fact that he got as much joy out of getting that bear and the roses for half the cost <laughs> that his wife got from receiving them. I feel him on that. I feel him on different levels when it comes to that. Him and I are the same person when it comes to that. I can't tell you how much I was like, mm, I get you. Because he was talking about making $100 when he worked at a burger place. I ain't giving away $100 for someone to deliver the cake to my house. Fuck that. I mean, he, he spends money on pretty ridiculous things, but... You know what? Gosh, for you to judge what he spends his money on. Yeah, he earned it, you know. Spending $1,000 on a cake, though, that is absurd. I'm, I'm with his father. Let's go to Costco and get three cheat cakes and put them on top of each other. I'm just happy we get Ms. Dad back on TV. 
And Marjo, if you don't love Marjo, you're a cop. <laughs> Maurice's mom is on a different level, too. She's yeah. delightful. It's funny because there was, I think, a People article where they said that when the show debuts that their parents are going to be bigger stars than they are. And I can absolutely see that now. Yeah, yeah. There, that's. I think we've only hit the tip of the iceberg with that one. Uh, it's, it's a great it's, show. It's, it's a great a, show. It's interesting, though, seeing, like, that, and then at the same time, uh, Total Bellas, like, we're just now getting to the part where Daniel Bryan's making his return, and I don't know, man, I was watching that and getting caught up on that show, and it, you know, kind of got me feeling nostalgic for Daniel Bryan again, so, like, they both have, like, their own reality TV things going on, and they're both going to be feuding with each other, and uh, it's just kind of, it's... You know, obviously they control that all, but it's it's nice the way that that's all working out. You know what I hate more than contrived reality shows is spinoffs of contrived reality <laughs> shows. But I've never more wanted Total Bellas to split off into two different shows because I watch Total Miz Bellas is a spinoff of Total Divas. So now you I want know. Spinoff of the spinoff. Yes, I want a spinoff of a spinoff. Because I want Daniel Bryan and Bree on their own, and I don't want the John Cena fucking Nikki shit fucking taking over the show. It's That's the reason why I like Miz and Mrs. so much. We talked about it, but it's just the fact that it's so light and fun and different without all of that drama bullshit. Maurice is delightful. I have always loved Maurice, but again, I love Maurice tenfold now based on like some of her responses and attitude in these two episodes. And just them together, I find it amazing that their kind of history goes back as far as it does. Uh, I, 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 it's awesome. It's awesome. I think it's really cool, and it's just my favorite WWE reality show. And it still has the shitty contrived reality show stuff in it. You know, it just doesn't come off as being because even though it's 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 like a setup. Their their reactions are very genuine and funny, and uh, that's that's what makes it, I think, so enjoyable to watch. Yeah. I don't um, know. They're good people. They're people that I'd like to know. As a matter of fact, I know we've said it before, but Miz, you're invited to Josh's bachelor party <laughs> often since you guys live there. I'll send you an invite to the house. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally going to happen. Yep. Oh, um. Come- Jared, write this shit down, okay? Just write all of these little remarks he's making down. Yeah. We'll remember all of this, this yeah. that weekend. Anyway. Um, okay. You have no idea. You have no goddamn clue. It's amazing. Murder you and bury you in Austin, Josh. Oh, my God. Hey, as long as I get to eat delicious barbecue on the way out, I'll, I'm fine. Whatever. That's, that's fine. Um, so back to some of the other news I had written down. Uh, they had some more May Young Classic announcements this past weekend, this past week. Uh, we heard that Tony Storm is returning, which, you know, there's been some complaints about returns to the May Young Classic and even Tony Storm with her involvement in NXT UK. I think specifically this, these are complaints from Sprung um, last, well, on last week's They're NXT complaints podcast. from Sprung, so we can disregard <laughs> them entirely because they're shit. Fair enough. Tony Bro, Storm man. is back in Mayon Classic, and it's awesome. So yes, it. it is. Fuck yeah, she's awesome. She's my... And, and it oh, makes I sense that competitors so coming back, because then you can do the, 
has has faced the pressure of the tournament before, has been here before. Uh, get a little bit of that. It makes going. sense with stuff like this. Like, the, there's the, I forget her name, but the, the one Indian wrestler. She sucked, was terrible last year. Um, I, I She shouldn't have been in it in the first place. I guess we'll see if she's earned her spot this year. Um, if she still sucks, then I hope we never see her again. You know, stuff like that. But well, what's we'll amazing is some of the like Japanese legendary female that was wrestlers be my next that point. brought yeah. in. Man, I mean, it's amazing that they're bringing Mako and some of those other women that uh-huh. are so highly coveted. I I don't care. I mean, I think that returning women that aren't part of NXT or WWE are totally relevant in it. I think that having a history of the tournament is 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 important rather than just having it be an entire bracket of newcomers every single year like totally, I want totally. I want feuds to carry over if they're only going to use these girls like once a year might as well have them fucking be pissed at each other for a whole year over some shit that happened at last year and then bring it back next year do shit like that you know what I mean like that I'm completely okay with uh, but man some of the women that they are bringing in it, it makes me realize that WWE is 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 fucking going at it. They're Dude. going for the top tiers of of talent as far as females are, are concerned. Yeah, and and even like like Madison Rain was just announced the other day. Like that that came out of left field for for me as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Blew my mind. Yes, yeah, like, yeah. totally surprising. And I think it's cool, man. I think that's so cool to have someone like that show up and all of a sudden out of nowhere too when she was just part of Impact. You yeah. know, like what a way to make your splash on. Even if even if she's not landing with WWE on the indie scene, you know, or even if she goes back to Impact, like how cool would that be? Like that she went and did that and it goes back to Impact. I mean, nothing, totally nothing happened, in her yep. situation would be bad as far as being a part of this tournament. I just think it's cool that that whatever the circumstances are allowing her to do it, that that it's happening. But it also means that Josh Matthews is getting his way back into WWE slowly, so that's <laughs> terrifying. I don't think that's gonna happen. Yeah. Yeah, no. I think well, going going back to checking Twitter accounts, haha. What? No, his Twitter account is riddled with him fighting with people, that's all. Oh yeah, because he's an ass. Lame. Right. right. Lame. He he's one of those guys when everybody says, Oh, you're just upset you're a failed wrestler. Yeah, that's Josh Matthews. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a that's a good way to end this podcast, don't you think? Yeah, I, think I got good. nothing else. Uh, uh, winners of the week. Winners of the week. It is about time for that. Uh, let's go with Jared. I'm going to go with Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan, winner of the week award. So happy that he's getting this feud with The Miz. Finally, that, you know, we were all so bummed when it was, it was so hot on Talking Smack. And we were like, we're never going to get this match. And now we're going to get it, and I'm excited. Well, I'm going to go to the opposite side of that match, and I'm going to go with The Miz because of The Miz and Mrs. Yeah, that's fair. Totally that's, fair. My, that's my only reason I'm giving it to him. Also, I kind of figured you were going that way, so I went with Daniel. He, he was amazing on, uh, on, on his segment, and I think that him and Daniel Bryan are just going to continue to be magic. So shine, baby, shine. Um, Steal the spotlight. My my winner of the week it it's I, I have a hard time picking anybody this week to be quite frank, um, but if if I'm gonna do it I I guess I'm gonna go with Brock Lesnar, uh, 
not because I'm excited for his match, but I think he did a good job in his role this week. Um, I think he was pretty entertaining. He produced us with some very easy to create memes of him reading various different magazines and children's books um, and various other things that people have photoshopped in there. So that's pretty fun. And ultimately, by that end segment, like it, he showed that he's got personality again, for better or worse. Um, I, I think it's something that he's been missing. It's it's a little too little too late, ultimately, I think. But You, you know. know what he's also been missing? His roids. Somebody's looking a little less beefy. Oh, wow. I think we need to apologize for that. Somebody, hey, got, I said, I said somebody good. got back in the testing yeah, pool and good. it out. Knock that shit off, man. He does. He does. You're right. He could still be a big monster without that. Like, he's still... He's fine. That's fine. It's yeah. just Can he? Just... Can he? Yeah, dude. Can he? I don't know. I mean, we'll... We'll, we'll see yeah. how that pans out in the UFC, but... <laughs> Have you ever seen the movie The Program, Josh? I don't know if I have. You don't know if you have the 1993 football classic movie, The Program? No, I haven't seen that. Yeah, you have, because everybody has, Josh. (laughs) And I think one lesson that we learned in that movie is that certain guys can't do it without steroids. That's the lesson that's really taught before the end of the movie, right? I mean, yeah, there's a lot of other lessons learned. It's 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 a multi-storyline film. But at the end of the day, the real truth there is is that Steve Latimer is nothing without steroids, and he will never have an NFL career without abusing performance-enhancing drugs. Oh, that's that's like a lot yeah. of the people in the NFL these days. <coughs> Lawrence Taylor. I'm, I'm saying, like, modern NFL, like... <laughs> It, you, you go to an NFL practice and just look around the field, and it, there's a much larger percentage of people using various PEDs than we'd like to admit. Okay, I think we've slandered enough people yeah, on this podcast. I guess. We, I, I feel like I'm just saying, I, I like the direction that WWE has taken. Like, it's still there, but it's it's a different day and age. And, I don't know, this goes full circle to the, the death talk from the beginning of the show. Like, things are better. Things are better and moving to a better place. And yes. knock that shit off, guys. You don't need it. And if well, yeah, you do, then fuck you. Get out. Now, now there's there's literally drugs at, at high health that are just as good as steroids, pretty much, <laughs> that are totally over-the-counter and legal. Trust me. My pre-workout supplement should be fucking illegal. Just... No human being should be allowed to consume that shit and do what I'm able to do for 45 minutes. Just puff on a little sativa. <laughs> your, your endurance and Josh! Jesus! Josh! Talk about violating the testing pool. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, come on. I'm just saying. And, 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 while we're talking about this... Mark Jindrak tweeted out a photo of Triple H, of two photos of Triple H, one from like this year and one from like 2001, and he's like, "Yeah, how'd you do this without passing a with passing a drug test that your performers had to take?" And then he deleted it, and he somebody asked why he deleted it. He was just like, "I just don't want to deal with the bullshit in my mentions today." Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know a little thing hey. about that myself. Do you have any more thoughts on the Aquaman uh, poster, Derek? I do not have any thoughts on them. Did As you listen fact, to dates? 
I, I do like no, the second. Yeah. Yeah. They spent like half an hour on it. Yeah. Tim spent Tim. half an hour on Aquaman? No way. Yeah, yeah, that goddamn Tim Agney. He's a son of a bitch. He's a son of a bitch when it comes to DC stuff. It almost it almost ended our podcast. But anyway, check out dates this week. We're going to do some snack. I don't know what. Dude, the but... last couple snacks have been, like, decent to the point where, like, I wanted to leave my house and buy them. Oh, they God, sound they so were... good. Zap's they were Voodoo so Heat. Good. Those Costco ice cream bars. Those I've never Voodoo, had a Costco ice cream Voodoo bar. Those Voodoo Heat are those... amazing. I... I, I knew that before they did the podcast and I like like kind of almost up there with the red hot riplets like dude I'll take yeah. voodoo. I like voodoo heat better because I think the voodoo heat have a better flavor well you gotta make sure there's voodoo and voodoo heat voodoo heat is the way to go do not fuck I around with voodoo yeah I wasn't that impressed by voodoo but voodoo heat right. I'm intrigued yeah they're good they're good check out this week's dates also <laughs> you guys got an unfunny nerd tangent glow yeah we do glow Glow. Yeah. I wanted to be a part of that so bad. Uh, but yes, Glow's fantastic. Uh, I'm fucking sick of you guys calling it a Trapper Keeper. It's a fucking leather folio, first of all. And I no, appreciate it's not. It's a you guys. Trapper keeper. Stop it. Yeah. Uh, I appreciate you guys tackling my favorite Netflix show. I yeah. still love it. It, it so. was a good conversation. We had Flow on, and we had new to the podcast, uh, longtime listener. Uh, Craig DeCruz, Craig the Chef on Twitter joined us. Uh, oh, nice. So, got, got a new voice for you guys. Um, mix it up on the podcast. Yeah, um, I like it. I was on that show, and I'm like, who the hell's Craig? Like, this isn't, like, that Craig. Oh, this is the other Craig. I'm like, I'm friends with both these guys on Facebook, I think. So, yeah. they're, they're good people. Yeah, th- this is the Craig who just posts pictures on Facebook. Food. Of amazing food. food Delicious that food, yes. Yeah. I, I I would like him to be the chef for a future WWE the Steel oh, yeah. Cage event of yeah. some sort. Oh yeah, oh yeah. He's he's we, we that's what we've officially made him. He's he's Chef Steel Cage. Yeah. Anytime he wants to come use my kitchen, go for it. Yeah. yeah. And it's, the it's, smoker? Oh, he's yeah. got a nice smoker. I got a smoker. We could smoke two smokers at once. Yeah. We got plans for you, Craig. Yeah. We got plans for you. But right. yeah, check out that unfunny nerd tangent. Also, uh, uh, Griggs. Greg, 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 whatever you want to call it. Greg, 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 yeah. Is 40 for 40. He has a brand new one this week. It It is... is... Big Lebowski. Yes. Coming a little lower on the list than I expected. I'm kind of surprised it's uh, number 29. We're we're into the uh, 20s, but I I was a little surprised to see it coming in this this quick. Yeah. It's got a lot of movies, man. It's 40 movies. But it's not a lot. It's got a lot of years on them. I mean, you... Almost 40. He's old. Yeah. Oh, I, I forgot to mention, if you check out the Unfunny Nerd Tangent Glow, you also find out how we pissed off Sprung in a major way. Which, I know everybody enjoys pissing off Sprung. We really pissed him the fuck off. Well, me and him have had disagreements on this season of Big Brother, so he's he's getting pissed off by a lot of people. Yeah, well, th- th- anyway. th- this time he's a little more angry. Is, Look is the hot girl still in Big Brother? There are several hot girls. The in Big hot Brother. girl, like like the really like they hot cast ones. ugly ones on those shows. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, uh, if you want to send us an email, you can send us an email. It's podcast at thesteelcage.com. If you have any requests for things for us to do to Josh on his bachelor party, feel free to send those to us. We're we're at the thirty day mark, so we're getting close. 
D- DM fun. Derek and I those, so we, we don't need it to filter through. Oh, track. shit. Yeah, that's... Yeah. It's that's, coming up. That's so, coming up sooner than I realized. Wow. If, if you want to donate money to have things done to Josh, we'll talk. Uh, also, if you mean? have any ideas, if you're in the Bo- uh, Austin area, if you want to join us, send us a DM. Uh, regardless of what Josh says, this is an open invite party list. Anybody that makes it to Austin can come. Uh, he he gave us a list of like 13 people, but we were like, fuck that. Everybody, every listener and every viewer of dates, you're all invited. Uh, also, join us for a very special post-bachelor party uh, podcast where we'll start this life without Josh. Yeah. Uh, Thanks again so much for listening to episode 342 of the Steel Cage Podcast. And remember, kids, wait, no, stop. Buy one of our t-shirts. Yes. Go buy one of our t-shirts. And remember, kids, buy one of our t-shirts at thesteelcageshop.com. They're the king of soft style. But also, remember, kids, Josh isn't making it home alive. Not even close. Yeah, you push me to the